Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. And good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. I uh, just sent out an email from the website yesterday. And I do want to tell you guys that I am no longer sending out emails to anybody that is not directly subscribed to the website. Because I didn't realize that I was uh, doing that. So anybody that contacted me or anything would receive an email. And then I got a spam complaint that I was doing that. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I shouldn't be doing that. So I'm sorry to anybody who did not want to get emails that was getting emails from me. However, if you do want to get emails, because I do put a lot of information in my emails, if you want to get them, go over to the website and subscribe. And also when you subscribe, you're going to receive two free chapters of my book out of the mire when you sign up for emails. So I just want to throw that out there that I didn't mean to email everybody. (laughs) And I'm sorry if you received an email not wanting one. But for those of you who do want the emails, like I said, go to the website and subscribe. But I do have a really exciting announcement that I briefly mentioned. My sister is taking over the blog on P40 Ministries. So she is joining the P40 Ministries team. So now instead of just me, it is now me and my sister. (laughs) (laughs) We just published her first blog post, so that's over. Ouch. I just hit myself with the microphone. (laughs) I hit my teeth. Okay. Anyway, as I was saying, we just published her first blog post over on the website and it's talking about where did the Bible come from? So go over and read that. I'm actually going to link that in the description of this podcast episode. So if you're curious about where the Bible came from or if you have questions about that and how we have it today after so many years, go over to the website, check out the blog post my sister wrote on that. But today let's read Luke 22 verses 63 through 71. We're finishing up Luke chapter 22 and we're moving into Luke 23. And you guys know what that means. We only have two more chapters in Luke before we are done with the book and moving on to the book of John. I am excited to start the book of John because it's very different. It's it's quite different from the other Gospels. I love the Gospels because they complement each other so, so well. But John was a very different writer. You can definitely tell by his style. It's just very unique and very different. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 22, verses 63 through 71. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. as per usual, but feel free to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and also your favorite translation of the Bible and just sit back and relax as we read this together. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, prophesy, who is the one who struck you? And they spoke many other things against him, insulting him. As soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people were gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you won't believe. And if I ask, you will in no way answer me or let me go. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all said, Are you then the Son of God? And he said to them, You say it, because I am. They said, why do we need any more witness? For we ourselves have heard from his own mouth. So a lot has happened so far in Luke 22. We went from uh, Judas being the betrayer to the Passover to Jesus being betrayed 
to uh, Peter denying Jesus and all the disciples running from Jesus. So to understand more about this, we kind of have to understand Jewish law also to really see how both hypocritical and wrong this really was. So first and foremost, let's talk about the account from Matthew. Matthew actually gave details regarding Jesus's nighttime trial. And the nighttime trial was actually against Jewish law. We read that in the Old Testament already. We read that no trial was supposed to happen at night. It was always supposed to happen during the day. And that is because people are tired at night and uh, it's just stupid to do trials at night. Why would you do that? And God makes it clear that he does not want any trials to be done at night because people aren't thinking clearly. They're angry, they're tired, they're hungry, they need rest, they need relaxation, they need sleep. And then during the morning when they're all refreshed and in a clear mind, that is when they will be able to accurately hear trials and witnesses and be able to uh, properly dole out the sentence that is required for the person on trial. But Matthew gives this account of how the Sanhedrin, which were the lawyers at this time, and also the high priest and the other priests did their own little special, weird, cliquish kind of trial at the high priest's house. And John, when we get into that book, is actually going to talk about another guy named Annas, who was a previous high priest, where uh, Jesus went there also and did a trial there as well. So poor Jesus by this point, like he's already gone through several trials. He's had no sleep whatsoever. He is exhausted, I'm sure, at this point in time. And he has been unfairly treated during all of this. I mean, very clearly. Just the way all of this is playing out, extremely unfair, extremely unlawful, and extremely unbiblical, considering the fact that these high priests and priests were uh, supposed to be the keepers of the knowledge of the Old Testament, but they weren't. They didn't care. All they wanted was their own gain. They wanted just things for themselves. And we know that the reason they hated Jesus and were out to get him so much was because Jesus had the approval of the people. The people loved Jesus and were starting to ignore the priests. So the priests hated Jesus because they didn't want Jesus to uh, take their authority away from them. So they give Jesus this nighttime trial and this creepy little clique gets together and uh, starts talking about Jesus. They're trying to find all these witnesses. Matthew gives a very detailed account of that nighttime trial that never should have happened. Uh, they were trying to find these false witnesses is what it says. And they were trying to find something, anything that they could use against Jesus to get Jesus killed. But they couldn't find any witnesses that had the same story is actually what Matthew says. That's another part of the Jewish law. Two witnesses had to have the exact same story and had to see what was happening. And anybody that was a false witness, God actually said in the Old Testament that false witnesses were supposed to be put to death, which is very clear because false witnesses could potentially destroy a person's life. So if it was found out that a person was a false witness, they were supposed to be put to death because they could have potentially killed another innocent individual. But the priests don't care. They're actively seeking out false witnesses. That's what they wanted. They wanted false witnesses. <laughs> 
And they couldn't find any that had the same story of Jesus. They couldn't, they just couldn't find any. But finally, it says in Matthew that they found two witnesses that came forward that said, you know, Jesus said that he was going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. So they used those two witnesses to condemn Jesus based upon that, that Jesus was some sort of rebel that was going to go and destroy the temple. Now, the other thing about the witnesses that I should mention is that Jewish law said that the witnesses couldn't come forward together. In fact, they were supposed to be interviewed separately, and that was to make sure that uh, they had no contact with each other so that they couldn't like try to together get somebody killed or whatever. And that was another part of Jewish law. But once again, that was broken as two witnesses are coming together at the same time trying to uh, accuse Jesus of something that he did not do. And all of this account is found in Matthew chapter 26, if you're interested in the night trial that Jesus went through. That's all found Matthew 26. But Luke doesn't really give an account of the nighttime trial, though it does say that Jesus was held at the high priest's house. It doesn't give any of the account of what went on at the high priest's house. Rather, Luke focuses more on what Peter was doing and what Peter was going through during Jesus's nighttime trial. Now, after this, it says in verse 63, what we just read, the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked, prophesy, who was the one who struck you? And they spoke many other things against him and insulted him. As soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people were gathered together. So what this means is right after this nighttime trial, Jesus was bound and mocked and beaten. It says that they put a blindfold on him and were insulting him and making a game out of all of this. They were literally beating and spitting on Jesus. Like they're spitting on God, spitting on God's face. Like that's literally what these people were doing. And it was a mixture of people. We can't just blame the Jewish people here, by the way. Many people like to, many people like to say, oh, the, the Jewish people were the ones that killed Jesus. No, we all killed Jesus because Rome was there. <laughs> there were plenty of people that were insulting and beating Jesus. We can't just say the Jewish people are awful for killing Jesus. No, that's that's ridiculous because there were Gentiles and Jewish people all there, all abusing Jesus, all killing him. So we all had a part in this, for sure. We all had a part in what happened to Jesus. So it says that they were insulting Jesus, making a game out of an innocent man and spit on him. It doesn't say that here in Luke, but there are other accounts of how Jesus was spat on, his face was spat on. So it says, as soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people were gathered together. So they're waiting around for daytime to break so that now they can have their official council, <laughs> their official trial. But they already came together and already decided at that nighttime trial what they were going to do to Jesus. I'm sure they were overjoyed and just excited to do evil against Jesus. And that's very clear by the fact that they didn't even go to sleep that night. They were too interested in trying to find witnesses to gather against Jesus. So the morning official, I did air quotes there, the morning official trial takes place against Jesus. And even this was done incorrectly, all of it. 
because witnesses were supposed to be there testifying. And we see at the very end here in verse 71, why do we need more witnesses? For we ourselves have heard from his own mouth. So they didn't even bring any witnesses forward that we know of at this uh, at this morning trial. So it says the second, the second it was day, as soon as it was day, <laughs> is what it says. They literally rushed to try to uh, get Jesus to his death as quickly as possible. The assembly of the elders of the people were gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away into their council, saying, if you are the Christ, tell us. We find out this is basically the same exact question they asked Jesus at the nighttime trial. Now they're asking it at the official daytime trial. But he said to them, if I tell you, you won't believe. Which is very clear. Jesus already knows at this point, after everything that went on, he's not getting out of this situation. They don't care. And also, Jesus knew he wasn't going to get out of the situation. He knew well in advance everything that was going to happen to him. He made up his mind the night before in the garden that he was going to go to his death for all of humanity. So Jesus says, I'm not telling you because it doesn't matter. You won't believe me. And so he says, and if I ask, you will in no way answer me or let me go. So Jesus made this very clear statement. You already made up your minds, man. Like, I'm going to my death. You already decided it. So it doesn't matter what I say here. So then it says here in verse 69, Jesus gives this declaration of his power. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Now, I, I want to mention something here. Kind of a rabbit trail. I never really knew where the term son of man came from. And Jesus always called himself that. He always called himself the son of man. And I always wondered about that. But last week I was reading through the book of Daniel in my spare time. And I saw that Daniel referred to Jesus as the son of man. I don't remember what chapter it was in. And there was a footnote in my Bible that said that this is most likely uh, where the term son of man came from, where Jesus started calling himself that is because of the verse of Daniel saying that he saw the son of man coming out of the clouds. So Jesus started calling himself the son of man based upon the book of Daniel. And that was uh, that was something interesting I just wanted to throw out there. But Jesus says, from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. In a way, he did answer them that he was the Christ, that he was the Messiah. And not only that, but he gave this declaration of power that he's going to be seated at the right hand of God. That is a position of power. The right hand, typically, uh, <laughs> most of the world is right-handed. And typically, when we see that term in the Bible, that means the powerful hand. So this is typically a statement of power. And Jesus is going to be at the right hand hand of God. So they all say, are you then the son of God? So they pieced two and two together and realized that Jesus was in fact talking about himself here. They said, you're the son of God. And he says to them, you say it because I am. There, right there. Jesus claims himself to be the son of God. So they said, why do we need any more witnesses? We ourselves have heard from his own mouth that he's claiming to be God. And they freak out. And after this, they're going to take him over to the Romans and to Pontius Pilate, who was the Roman governor. And they're going to uh, try to get Pontius Pilate to kill him. 
because they really couldn't kill Jesus on their own because they were under the authority of Rome. So Rome was the one who had to do this. But even so, they did their official little trial. They did their sneaky nighttime trial and decided Jesus was guilty. They didn't even hear from the witnesses. It doesn't sound like it doesn't look like they brought any witnesses forward. I don't think they wanted to go through the whole trying to find witnesses again. This was the official trial. They wanted things to go very smoothly and in their own way. They didn't want a potential two witnesses coming forward and not having the same testimony. So they didn't want to bring any witnesses in this official trial so that they could just take Jesus to Pontius Pilate and have him killed by the Roman governor. So, I mean, you can just see here how intent on doing evil against Jesus, these priests and high priests and scribes were. They just wanted Jesus dead. But another thing I should mention about that is we actually find out later that some of the people on this board of members of priests were actually for Jesus. They actually liked Jesus, but were too scared to stand up. They were too scared to go against uh, their fellow priests because they didn't want to be potentially excommunicated from the temple. So they didn't stand up. We, we see that one of them was Joseph of Arimathea, who took Jesus's body down and buried it in his brand new tomb. He was one of the guys that was on this council, which was interesting. And I'm sure that there are others that are not recorded in scripture that weren't necessarily against Jesus, but they were too scared. They were too scared, just like Peter was. They were too scared to stand up for Jesus, for their Messiah, for an innocent man. This just shows like how failing we as humans really are. We just become so scared and so afraid sometimes that we aren't able to do the right thing. And uh, I, I'm very guilty of that on so many occasions. I actually had to apologize to a young man at my church because I didn't stick up for him several years ago. He was getting yelled at pretty badly. And I saw the whole thing and I just stood by quietly and watched. And I was so guilty about that. I was so guilty about that for like three years. And uh, I had to apologize to that young man. And he didn't even remember it, but I was... <laughs> I was uh, very irritated at myself for doing that. And there's been times also where I've done that where I'm too scared to stand up and go against the grain and I end up regretting it. I do that often, actually. And that's just our human flesh failing. We just do that. And so I think that's why Jesus was so clear on be in constant communication with God the Father because God the Father is going to send his power, his Holy Spirit down to you so that he can help you during those weak moments that you have. That's why Jesus says, pray, pray, pray that when the time comes, you can stand strong and that your flesh basically won't fail. Your uh, humanness won't get in the way of what you're supposed to do. So really my encouragement to you guys, even though I've, I've touched on this topic a lot in the past week, is just pray. Pray that you can stand strong for those times of weakness where you're not sure you can do the right thing. But uh, my encouragement is just pray that you're able to stand strong during those weak moments. 
Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please like it and share it on your social media platforms. Check out the YouTube page also. Subscribe to it because... I'm having a new video coming out very, very soon. I am in the process of editing it. So if you don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, you're not gonna know when that video comes out. So that is exclusive content that is only available on the YouTube page. So check that out. I dropped a link to the YouTube in the bio this podcast episode. I also dropped a link to the new blog post that my sister wrote. Make sure you read that also. But faithful listeners, I just hope that you have a great rest of your day and that you are blessed. Happy listening. And as always, God bless.